We've been going through this series uh, called Dear Church. It's in Revelation, and we've been looking at the seven churches in Revelation. And one of the things that uh, people have been asking me about and talking about is there's a whole lot of, of Satan and devil um, in these texts. Like uh, last week, we saw um, the, the, the deep thoughts of Satan. Uh, and then there's been uh, bits where it's Satan's synagogue. And people are wondering, what is going on with the devil? Well, first off, the devil's not omnipotent, not all-powerful, nothing like that. But the devil is real. There is an enemy that is after us. There is an enemy that wants to train wreck our lives. But in the resurrection, Jesus defeated the devil at every level. And because of the resurrection, we can defeat the devil at every level. And let's uh, see how that works. Let's let's take a look at our first text uh, today, this morning. Again, the devil took him to a very, Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He says, I'm going to give all of this to you if, if you just bow down and worship me. Jesus responds, away from me, Satan. It's written, worship the Lord your God. Serve him only. What is the devil up to? Well, the devil has authority and power in this world. Okay, And so the devil presumably really could uh, give kingdoms and, and, and glory and splendor to anyone he chooses. In fact, one of the things that he wants to do is have authority in your life by tricking you by getting you to, to, to latch on to purchase, to grab some of the stuff he offers. I uh, actually found a picture on the internet of Satan. Uh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, any, any cat owners here? Because if so, you're going to hate this. Uh, the thing, well, what I've noticed with people is that we, we think that we are going to own our pets, but actually, our pets end up owning us. And so, and they trick us too, because I've seen a kitten before, they're very cute, but then they turn into sociopaths. And, and, if, and, and you have to order your life around cats, if you have one. If you, if you don't, the cat will try to kill you. In fact, it's probably going to try to kill you anyway. These things are evil, but they sucker you in. They sucker you in with their little you know, meows and their cute little paws, which turn into like these nasty claws, which can char you, like just thrash you. That, that's exactly how the devil works. The devil wants to have authority over it. He wants to own you. And if you have not believed in Jesus for salvation, he does own you. But here's the thing. Here is the thing. He doesn't have to own you anymore because of the resurrection. Look um, at, at, this, at this text right here. So my brothers and sisters, you died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong, be owned by another to him, Jesus, who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he became our new master, potentially. Because the Bible seems to think that no matter what you do, you're going to be owned by somebody. And so it's either going to be the devil or it's going to be Jesus, This is not a picture of Jesus, but helps get the point across. (laughs) You have a choice. You can be owned by a cat, or you can be owned by a yellow lab. And those are the only two options. Uh, What's your dog's name? Kalawalule or something? Hanale? That's silly. Uh, But this dog, this dog, 
I, I met this dog, and this dog is the greatest animal in the world. This dog just, just gets your heart and just, just swallows it whole. Zach! Oh my gosh! It, it, dude, it's our, rugby, our pro rugby players. Zach and Amy, raise your hands. Is Amy not? Yeah, that, that's awesome. Dude, I showed a video of you. Dude, you are rock and roll, man. Way to go. He's a professional rugby player. Plays with LA guillotines, is that right? That's awesome. Amy's on the national team. Like, wow, what a team here. Anyway, dogs are great, and uh, Hanale is the greatest dog. Um, Hanale owns the Erickson family. The Ericksons uh, plan their entire life around Hanale, but what happens is, what happens is that, that Hanale, before coming into their life, she's only like a year and a half or something like that, but they were, they were an awful, awful family. <laughs> they were, they, their hearts were stone cold. Um, just, but then they welcomed in this new master. And now, just look at them. I mean, what a the transformation took place because they got a new owner, Hanalei, the yellow lab, who, uh, I mean, she just brings the joy and, and life out of everyone who meets her. This is exactly what happens with Jesus. You start out life, you're owned by the devil. You have no options but to serve him. He dangles things in front of you. Money, wealth, power, sex, whatever it is. And, and, and you're like, yes, I'm going to go for that. And then you find out that those things he was dangling in front of you, they gave him ownership, mastery over you. But in Christ, in the resurrection, we have a new master. One who instead of pushing us to do awful things, instead of living that way, offers us the opportunity to bring fruit for God. To live in a way where we dispense joy and, 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 and generosity and kindness and love in the same way that, that our master does. Jesus defeated the devil at the level of authority. It's the first thing in your note sheets. The devil used to have authority over me, but in the resurrection, I have a new master. You're going to serve somebody. I recommend you choose Jesus. Well, what's another way that the devil uh, tries to interact, tries to scheme, tries to, to derail us? Take a look at this from 1 Peter. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What does it mean to be devoured? Well, Peter tells us. He says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. What that means is that there's people, uh, Christians, who are suffering. And what the devil wants, he wants to use that suffering to devour you, to destroy you. I don't think the devil is uh, always responsible for suffering, but what the devil does get excited about is when you're suffering, to find a way to turn that so that you lose hope, so that you give up. You stop. I try to be um, relatively open about uh, my own struggles with mental health. Um, I, uh, in my 20s, it was a very strange thing. One day, I was in control of my mind and all of my thoughts, and then literally like a switch went off, and um, I wasn't. So I, I have a, it's not super severe, but I have an anxiety disorder. I, I battle every day. Um, but I remember when, uh, in my 20s, I remember uh, being 
the first time trying to come to terms with this. And, and, and I remember thinking, if it's going to be like this forever, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Maybe some of you uh, here uh, come here with, with, with your own brand of suffering. It may not be um, anxiety, depression. It might be something else, something physical. Um, it could be something that's going on with your family. It could be anything, really. But what happens when we suffer? Oh, by the way, if you've never suffered, you will. It's inevitable. What happens to us, what, what the devil wants to do is he wants to take that suffering and cause you to give up hope, to despair, to give up faith, to give up love, to give up living. But listen what the resurrection does when we embrace it. This is Paul in Romans 8 saying, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. You see, when, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he wasn't raised in the same way that he, that he died. He had a, a, a different, glorified, uh, transformed body and being. The, 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 it, he, Jesus was not, you know, just resuscitated. He didn't just start breathing again. And, and more than that, he didn't even just uh, be just regular human again. There was a glory to him. There is a glory to him now. There's a, a, a revelation of, of God's majesty and power in his very being. And so when, when Jesus was sitting, was, was on the cross, when he was suffering at, at, the, at the deepest, worst possible way, he was looking forward looking forward to a glory to come. And I was talking about, um, you know, my brain uh, with the, the youth group a couple months back. And I told them, I said, you know, it's a struggle, it's a battle. But I believe that this is not the end. And that in the resurrection, I too will have glory. And these tears and these struggles will be wiped away. And so I can continue going on on the mission that God has given me. Because the whole creation waits. Paul believes that, that, um, that when, when, the, the, when the, the, the world is going to be transformed, everything, including our bodies, is going to be exploding with God's glory. And so the, the creation waits, and Paul even thinks of it in, in like labor terms, like, like giving birth. The, 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 the creation's longing, waiting for this day of glory to arrive. And we know that it will because of Jesus' resurrection. And so Jesus defeated the devil at the level of suffering. Jesus, through Jesus, you can defeat the devil at the level of suffering. So the next thing in your note sheets. The devil wants my suffering to destroy my faith. But in the resurrection, I see my suffering lead to glory. 
And of course, what's the big one? What is it that the devil is really trying to do to all of humanity? This is uh, from Hebrews 2. Since therefore God's children share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same thing. Jesus became flesh and blood too. Why? So that through his death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. For whatever reason, God has allowed Satan to have the power of extinguishing life. We, I th- honestly, I think that's one of the reasons that our culture tends not to believe in the devil, is because our culture does everything we can to avoid thinking or talking or looking at death. The, 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 our hospital system, I mean, if you think about it, what is a hospital system for? It's to, it's to remove death from our presence. It's to make sure that it's cordoned off, sealed away. Not knocking Western medicine, by the, by the way, I, I, love, I love doctors. I mean, I, I hate them, but I love what they do. Uh, I don't like what they do to me, but I like what they do for you. I have a problem with hospitals and doctors. It's, it's part of the brain thing. But anyway, we, we, we don't want to be faced with, we don't want to look at death. And as a result, I think the part of what Western culture wants to do is just erase the idea of the devil. Because, man, we, 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 sure, we want to extend and fight off and go as long as we can and avoid and avoid and avoid and avoid and never think about it until I guess it sneaks up on us one night. But I think um, the Bible thinks of... The enemy's power over death is more than just snuffing out a life. Look at, um, this is from uh, uh, the letter to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy. Paul is, is talking about um, what, uh, what, uh, the, what Jesus finished, right? And now God's grace has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus the Messiah, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Notice life and immortality. Life and immortality. If all that Paul is talking about, that Jesus did, if all he did was just end uh, death, and all he would need to say is immortality. He wouldn't need to say life. I think the reason he's doing that is because the New Testament as a whole kind of thinks about the word life with a capital L. Like real life. Like the life that actually matters. The life that is good. The life that is, that is real. In fact, I think the devil is capable and wants to have us live, like breathe, but be, be dead inside. He wants us to have a death in life. Maybe some of you here are experiencing that death in life. You're chasing after and accumulating all the things that are supposed to make you happy, but they don't. You're enslaved to this or that. You're breathing, but you're not really alive. In the resurrection, Jesus not only defeated the grave... He also brought the life of God, eternal life, to humanity and joined us to it in faith. We don't have to live lives that are meaningless and empty anymore. Instead, we can live the life that God has put in hearts.
I had a friend um, named Annette Wallace. We weren't super close. But I did think of her as a friend and a sister in Christ. She hasn't been to church uh, for a few years. She, she just passed away a couple weeks ago. But she hasn't been to church for a few years uh, because she was in the advanced stages of multiple sclerosis. To top it off, um, Annette didn't have full function of, of fingers on, I think it was her left arm, even before MS. If anybody had a right to be hateful, to be bitter, to be miserable, if anyone had a right to live a death in life and just wait for it all to end, Annette did. Despite her disability and despite the encroaching, um, the ravages of of MS, uh, Annette spent her days crocheting. I thought it was knitting, but Jerry corrected me. Apparently there's a difference between knitting and crocheting. She was a crocheter. She spent her days crocheting uh, blankets and little uh, caps for for newborns in, in the hospital. Ten years ago, when my first daughter was born, she, she gave us one. And when you went to see her, she was always bubbly. She was always joyful and sassy. This was a woman who was not living a death in life, but was instead living the divine life. That though the world and all the things that we're supposed to be able to have were not available to her, were taken from her, she still lived with joy. And the reason she did is because Jesus was raised from the dead and gave her life that we cannot understand unless we experience it for ourselves. Some of you maybe are living that death in life. You're entrapped and you don't see a way out. There is a way out. It's through the cross, into the tomb, and into the sky. Maybe you are one of these people who's afraid of physical death because you're not sure what comes next. Well, what comes next is resurrection, new life. And you can have it if only you'll believe. If only you trust Jesus to give that to you, it will be yours. You will rise. You will defeat the power of death. You will defeat the devil at the level of death. Jesus defeated the devil at every level. And today, you can too in him. By the power of his spirit, you have life everlasting. You have a master who will transform you into a person of love. You have someone who understands the depths of human suffering, who will walk through it with you and promise you glory on the other side. And you will be invited to taste and live the life of God today, tomorrow, the next day, every day that you live in the spirit until you die and are raised again in a glorious new life. He is risen. And that means that we are free. 
Let us go. Imagine what it would be like if we lived in that freedom day to day. If we lived in that victory, serving a new master, if we, if we set aside our suffering and put it in the light of glory, if, if we could do those things, if we could shuffle off all the, the death that, 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 that seeks to invade our hearts and instead embrace that. Imagine, imagine what power we would have. Imagine where we could go. Imagine what we could do. Imagine how we could change not just ourselves, but the world around us. What would happen if people saw the resurrected life of Jesus in us every single day? Jesus defeated the devil at every level. Now let's follow him. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for the gift of your son who shattered the chains that the enemy imposed on us, broke our bondage, gives meaning and context to our sufferings, who offers us life, genuine, real life, the life that Annette Wallace lived and will live again. God, stir our hearts, stir our hearts up to love and celebrate and praise you Embrace these gifts that you've given us. Embrace this freedom. Holy Spirit, please empower your people. Inspire in us this fresh life. God, if there is anyone here who has never received this life, may they pray right now with me. Lord God, I trust you for life. I'm tired of being trapped. I'm tired of being enslaved. I'm tired of living this death in life. I want your life. God, give it to me in the name of Jesus. Give me your freedom. Give me your future. Jesus, we praise you for your sacrifice. We praise you for your resurrection. We praise you for the victory that we have now because of you. In your name we pray. Amen.